You are listening to the Spurs-related podcast. Listen for free on Anchor and Spotify. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Spurs-related podcast with your host, James. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Andre from Spurs Related today. Welcome on in, Andre, all the way from Canada, as always. How are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. End of the season, so lots to talk about. It is the end of the season, and I don't know about anyone else, but I'm feeling very relieved it's the end of the season because that was one of the most awful Spurs seasons for a long time. And started off so well, didn't it, Andre? Started off Tottenham top of the league in, I believe, October or November. Um, after that win, 2-0 win against Manchester City, and basically went all downhill from... Um, Pretty much then, um, we lost to Liverpool. We were pretty much unbeaten. Lost to Liverpool 3-1 and we went on a horrendous run all the way through Christmas. I think we went as far down as fifth or sixth. And then through the year, uh, the new year, 2021, just got even worse. And um, I don't know about you, Andre. I'm feeling very happy the season's over because I couldn't take much more of it. It was... It actually ended all right. I, I know it sounds awful, like, we finished eighth, you know, that's not good. But it was a relief we didn't finish behind Arsenal because we nearly did. And it was, it was, a, it feels like a bit of a burden this Europa Conference League, but we'll get on to that. Um, would you agree with what I'm saying there, Andre? Or, or were you buzzing for more Tottenham football, which I doubt you were? No, I think you're correct. I think after that Liverpool game, we just didn't recover. This this happened right after the Champions League final as well. We we took a very big L, and we just we really took it to heart, and then we didn't move on. We didn't look at the next games coming up, and I think that's that's a problem that Tottenham has is they get our hope we get our hopes up, then something happens, and we just we just start losing and losing, and we don't move on and start concentrating again. Mm, Losses just, happen, you know. Like you we, just gotta have to keep moving. We just crumble. We just crumble. And it's like, a, like you're saying, almost like a, a domino effect. Like one thing goes wrong. One game against Liverpool turns into bad performance after. And you think it can't get worse. And it's even worse performance the next week. And then it's an even worse performance. And you get the picture. But let's talk a bit more positively. We're going we're gonna to move on to a topic which we created today. And we're going to rate the top five Tottenham players of the year now obviously like we're saying it was a poor year for Tottenham we're not gonna we're not gonna escape that but we're gonna try and take some positives out of the season aren't we Andre now I'm gonna say we're gonna go from number five to number one and we're okay. both we've both got a list we've created now I don't know if there's some differences I'm not too sure what Andre's put down and he's not too sure what I put down but I'm sure we can agree on number one but um let's see what happens so so without further ado Andre, who have you put down as your number five in terms of the best players of the season for Tottenham? So my number five is actually Bale. Okay. I think for the amount of money we were paying him, yeah, he definitely got overpaid. Mm. But I do think he did come back very well in the last few matches. Mm. Got lots of points, especially that Leicester one. Yeah, I think Ryan Mason's style fit him much more because he didn't have to push back as much mm. and that's what sort of had him much more present in the game but that's my number five I think that's fair enough I think that's fair enough I, I think if he wasn't 
if there wasn't such a high expectation, I think Bale would have been higher. And also, obviously, he didn't play a lot of the season at the start. If he played the start of the season at that form and obviously got the chance more, I think he would probably be top three for me. But um, or maybe top four if you were pushing it. But um, I think Bale isn't my number five. For me, for me, Bale is in my top five, but he's not number five. I've gone for a controversial one. Now, I don't know if you're going to agree with this one there, Andre, but I've actually put Lucas Moore as number five. Now, yes, he didn't get the biggest goal contributions. I just think a lot of the games he was, a few games he was man of the match. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of a few performances where he, he didn't play, he didn't get a goal contribution, but he, but he um, was like the real, Sort of, you know, when a player's got so much energy, it kind of tries to lift all the other players. He never stops running, Lou, because he's not a lazy player. He's fur- he's probably one of the furthest from it in that Tottenham side. And a lot of those players were coasting this season and Lucas showed them up. He really did. And I think that was good. And I, I think he got three goals and four assists in-, in 30 appearances, which, you know, it's not mind-blowing for a winger. It really isn't. But I just believe Lucas Mora is my number five because A, no one else, for me, played much better than him and B I think like I'm saying his energy his you know he's he just wants to play for Tottenham he's not one of these players like Delhi where he you know sometimes does and he sometimes he's like oh I'm not fussed today and that's nothing against Delhi Ali that's just the way he is but um for me I would want Lucas Moura in my team because I know I can rely on him to give a hundred percent pretty much every game do you see what I mean yeah I'd, I'd... Well, I don't really agree that Lucas Moura was really that good this season. I do think it was this it was the kind of season for him that he's had every single time where some games he's really good, some games he's not even there. He he's in and out when it comes to his performances. Just for me it's just an average season that Lucas Moura has. Nothing special. But you know what? That says a lot to how things were this season. Exactly. Uh, stood out from everybody in the top in the top five you know I think you the thing you've got to remember about obviously like we haven't had a great season but the thing you've got to remember about a player that has ups and downs and isn't great some games and can go missing is even it even happens to the likes of Son now I'll give you an example Son wasn't very good in that final and neither was Kane really because they, they weren't getting service so sometimes the player doesn't have a good game not only because of their performance, but because of the team around them. That's that's all I would say to try and defend that point. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say uh, you know you're wrong. I'm just saying, for me, if a player doesn't score or get an assist, personally, I don't think that's the end of the world because sometimes there's a bigger picture. Just do, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I just I just think that at least in my case, I think I'm pretty sure Bale has more goals and assists than Mora, and Bale had a much more dodgy season at the beginning. So, I mean, Bale's still in my top five. He's higher than Lucas, so so it's, I I know what you're saying, but I still think Bale had a better season. So we're going right. to number four without further ado. Um, you, you crack on. You 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 tell me your number four. So I actually think it's Lloris. I put him as number four. I think wow. if he wasn't. Uh, if he wasn't there, it was some other goalkeeper. Well, actually, we didn't really have any. Like, I didn't really rate Hart to be honest when we brought him mm. in. I mm. think we should have kept Daza, but mm. and now he's gone. So, but I think he he did well for what uh 
from what was happening in the defensive line. I think uh, our defense was so bad that it made Larice look bad. There were a lot of times that the opportunities that the other team had were just, it was going to go in. You know, there's no stopping those. I think Larice has sort of declined a little bit. There are a couple of times where he's missed some really easy saves. I know that I think it was last season, right before all of this happened in the Champions League, where RB Leipzig uh, was able to score in his near post. And mm. I could not believe that he didn't yeah, save he that. Yeah, he didn't have a good... Yeah, I remember that game 3-0. He should have gone near to at least two of them, I remember. But I, I do think overall, it's, uh, he did uh, he did play well. He mm. made some really good saves at the end of the season, especially. And, you know, at one point we were first. So you do mm. have to give him credit for that. I would agree. I, I I actually have below Lucas potential fifth place challenges. I've got, so I'm just going to run through him quickly. So my challenger for Lucas was Larice. Like you said, I would agree. I would have given him like a 7.5 out of 10. I did in my review on mm-hmm. uh, Spurs related. But I also think, and I think you're right about Larice. I think at times he's shown he is still world-class and, I think we should keep him. A lot of people think we should sell him. I think we should keep Larice. I think we should be careful what we wish for because we could quite easily end up with a worse keeper than Larice. But I also, and I don't think you're going to agree with this one. I also had Aurier knocking on the door for top five. Now, no. this guy obviously had an absolute shocker in the in the um, final. He gave away the free kick that resulted in a goal. Wasn't needed. Near the corner flag. Wiped out whoever it was. Wasn't needed. Agreed. 100%. And he's had a couple of dodgy sort of times where he's made fouls, given away silly yellows, even like reds. But the thing is for Aurier, people underrate his crossing ability. When he gets forward, he is our best deliverer of ball in that whole team, 100%. Yeah, of course, Son and um, Kane and Son get the most assists because they do one-twos to each other, nice movement. But Aurier, the, I think Aurier got three goals and four assists, right? I believe. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It was something around that. Now, as a right back, you're not expected to get much more than that. And he made some brilliant crosses. And sometimes no one gets on the end of the cross. Okay, not all of his crosses are brilliant. I'm not going to start saying he's, you know, David Beckham with his delivery. <laughs> but he, he, yeah. he, for a right back, he is very good at delivering. And he's actually, although he can be caught sleeping, getting back at times, he's, attack- he's one of the best attacking right backs. I'm going to say in the league because although although he he's not the best right back in the league I think again it's a case of be careful what you wish for Spurs fans because if Aurier leaves not only are we going to be left with Matt Doherty and if we don't replace another right back which at times we've seen with Jan Vertonghen leaving and not getting replaced you have to be careful what you wish for because unfortunately with our owners we don't know what's going to get what Aurier would get replaced with and I do like the fact that he has got a bit of aggression at times. Yes, he shouldn't get silly yellows and reds. Of course not. But at least he sort of... I'd rather he wasn't just a bit of a lull like Harry Winks. Hasn't got much emotion. Just goes for a game. And, oh, yeah, if we lose, we lose. That's what I feel like with some of the players in that team. Same with Moussa Sissoko. Terrible season. Didn't get much of a chance. But when he came on, he went back to that fraud version we saw in the first year. So, yeah. agree with me or not agree with me, Avoria, but I think he was about 7 4 8 best player, 6 4 7 best player for Spurs this season. 
Um, right. I don't know what people think. Again, comment in below if you think Aurea had a better season than some people say. But I mean, that's what I thought. Um, I don't know what you think. I, I just think that if you're a defender, you need to defend. You can attack all you want, but if your defending is not good, not good. But I don't. That's... But you were mentioning you were mentioning before that Regalon had a had an alright season. Now, for me, I thought he had a poor season because. For that very reason, Regalon's crossing is not as good as um, Aurea is. Yet, Regalon actually isn't fantastic. Yes, he's probably better defensively than Aurea, but at times he's caught sleeping. At times, at times they're running through their right, uh, the attacking right wing, and, and Regalon's still on the previous attack. Yeah, he's quick, but sometimes he's a bit slow to get back. I would, yeah, I would argue. That, that, that's true, but... I don't know. I, at least to me, it seems like um, there's a couple of attributes that Regulon has that he uses to his advantage. I think because the last few games are much more fresh, all those mistakes he's made are very, like, they're, they're there. But mm. um, I think he's got that pace, and it's this mm. burst of pace that doesn't need any acceleration. He just immediately turns it on, and he goes, and he gets the ball. The amount of times that I've seen him intercept something is ridiculous. So would you uh, say so, would you would you say Regalon had a better season than Aurea? If we're talking about the whole season, yes. See, I, I this is where it's a nice debate because I would say Aurea had a better season than Regalon. Personally, mm. personally, because I, I see what you're saying. I don't say your points are wrong. I just for me, Regalon, I think it's the expectation that he's come from Real Madrid, like we we're saying. He's he's this brilliant left back, had a great season at Sevilla. For me, he just hasn't lived up to it. He really hasn't. He just hasn't. I hope he gets better, but I just... I think it's that expectation for me that I thought he was going to be really good, like almost like a Spanish international. He's just not. He's just... Well, I mean, it is his first season in the Premier League too, so I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt while Ori's been here for years. So. I, don't I, just, I just... I don't know why. I just don't think he's going to be as good as people think. That's just my opinion. We'll soon That's see. I might eat my own words. You can come and clip me saying it if you want. But do you know what <laughs> I think would suit Spurs? And I've said it for a while. I think having wingbacks, I think we should try wingbacks under the next manager because as we've said, Aurier and Regalon are quite good attacking, but they can't really defend. So why don't we play them both wingback? And when Aurier is not playing so well, what about Matt Doherty? You know, Matt Doherty... Yeah might actually do back. well at right wing back. That's what he did at Wolves. Yep. Yep. And then right. we but the only thing with doing that is guess what? We need another two defenders. And we need another two centre backs. Not only one, we'd need two. Because yeah. GPS Sanchez is uh Irish Hotspur says again Eric Diabolical and I just they can't they can't, yeah. they can't go on. They can't go on. Yeah, that's fine. Let's go back to our top five. Sorry, we have diverted. So, who did you have as number four? You had Larice. So, it was my turn. I put down Bale. I put down Bale. So, again, we won't go through it, but I thought Bale had a fantastic end to the season. Should have been utilised more by Mourinho, but for various reasons wasn't. And then when he he was utilised, Mourinho was like, oh, yeah, we've got this world-class player that scored a hat-trick against um, Sheffield. And it's like, well, no, no. No surprise, because he is a world-class player. And it was great to see him yeah. back in a, a Spurs shirt for a year. Fantastic. 
hope we see him again. But if it means uh, freeing up some money to buy an actual good centre-back, then I don't mind not having him again. Yeah, and That's I understood at the beginning, too. At the beginning of the season, he was, you know, slowly making his way, picking up his form. Fitness, yeah, fitness fit. as well. But then he just never played him. He played him for, like, 10 minutes in matches, and then he would not play him afterwards, they, you know, as if he wasn't effective. But you can't just give someone 10 minutes. It's you not enough to, to make an impact, yeah. And then, yeah. then he started him against those games against, was it Palace and um, Sheffield United? I'm trying to think of the other one. Was it Burnley? Where we won 4-0 and... And he was yeah. quality. He was quality, yeah. probably as good as Kane. So there we go. Um, third, I've got down Hoybjerg. Who have you got down? Same thing. Hoybjerg. Brilliant signing. One of the signings of the season, especially for Tottenham signing of the season. Um, fantastic. Came in, was one of the best players for Tottenham in those first few games. Maybe arguably fell off at the end of the season, but yeah, I would give him a solid 8 out of 10 this season. Really solid game. Um, CDM, just what we needed. Um, after it was almost a late Moose Dembele replacement. I mean, we we've we've been screaming out for a player like that for a, a few seasons now, and I'm finally glad we've got him. Um, I think yeah. he it was a steal as well for the for the price we paid. So, anything to add on that? Yeah, no, I think you've you've said it exactly how it was. Um, I think he was a wall that we needed there mm. to shield the defenders. You know, I think once we get better defenders, maybe we'll see more. I think there was a lot of ho- on Hoybjerg's plate because as soon as something was let loose, it could pos- they would possibly go in, you know, goals-wise for, mm. for the other team because our defense was so poor. Yeah, I would like to see how well he does with an even better defense if we do sign centre-backs. If we don't sign centre-backs and we're starting this pod next season with no centre-backs I, I'm going to be on a run but anyway moving on so so we kind of agree with we've agreed with third place now I'd be very surprised that we don't have the top two otherwise something really has gone wrong so yeah. my number two is uh is Hung Min Son fantastic season I, I presume yeah. yours is as well yes exactly yeah. so um yeah fantastic season probably one of his would you say it's his best season in the Tottenham show? I would say, I would say so. Um, again, a bit like Hoiberg, fantastic start and middle to the season, but maybe fell off slightly at the end. Might be a bit harsh, but I mean, I'm one of the biggest Son fans going, and um, even I would admit he fell off slightly. But and then again, the team did as well. Um, maybe this is get- honestly, yeah, this is the season I thought he would have after that Champions League run that we had, where he stepped up when King mm. was injured. You know. Yeah, it's almost a year delay on that. I, I would agree. I think obviously he's had fantastic seasons and something throughout, but this is his biggest contribution to goals and assists. Seventeen goals and ten assists. Fantastic figures. Nearly, you know, that's almost pushing a goal contribution a game for a for a left winger or left winger slash striker. Fantastic. Um just that partnership with Kane was Something I don't think we're going to see. Well, I hope we see it again next season, but obviously there's a good chance we won't. But that's that was really, really good. I mean, some of the play that he made was just unbelievable. I mean, there's not many more words for it, really, is there? Yeah, I would, I would, I would actually argue that Mourinho's style fit them so well. Mm. It was so reliant on them to be partnering together, finding each other constantly. I, I don't know about you, but I found that even though we seemed a little bit more loose when it came to Ryan Mason, Kane and Son kind of dropped off a little bit. Mm. They weren't really finding each yeah, other. Yeah, and that's maybe what that links to the, 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 
the drop off of of Son because also Kane scored a few at the end, but it wasn't quite the rate, was it? And and I think a lot of the reason for that was the fact Bale mopped up a lot of the goals. Bale yeah. took a lot of the goals. Hoiberg got one at the end, didn't he, against Wolves? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you there. I think Mourinho's style really did fit the two. Um, but obviously, in terms of the link-up again, I hope we see them again together. Obviously, we're not so sure about the song contract. That should push through, hopefully, of course. But um, the Kane one's the one up in the air, and obviously, we're not too sure what's going to happen there. And obviously, Bill, I would mention in for me, number one is Kane. Um, <laughs> not too surprised uh, at that one. Um, of course, same as Andre. Obviously, I'd give him 10 out of 10. Couldn't improve much yeah. more. Figures were ridiculous, um, and you know most goals and most assists in a Premier League season is something that hasn't been done since. Who was it? Was it Andy Cole or someone like that? Mm-hmm. It was. It was. It's been. It's the first time for absolutely years, and I can't see that happening again because it's so rare for a striker to have that much impact. And because it, if it came perfectly under under Mourinho, like you said, dropping deep, receiving the ball almost as far back as centre mid. And then push. Yeah, I would forward. argue. I would argue he was our best defender. <laughs> you know. I, I know what you mean. I do know what you mean. At times, he was as far back as the centre backs, wasn't he? And and that just shows how much he wants to play for the club. You know, people will argue. People will argue Kane might not want to stay for the rest of his life, but he does love Tottenham, and he does he does put his heart and soul into it. You know, every goal for him, whether it's against, you know, whether it's against Sheffield United or whether it's against. Barcelona in the Champions League when we were in it. It just means so much to him to score every time. He loves it. He loves pushing for records. And I'm so glad if it is his last season, obviously I don't hope it is, but if it is his last season, what a way to go. What a way to go. You know, most goals, golden boot, third golden boot under in his career in the Premier League and most assists as well in the Premier League. You know, beat Bruno Fernandes, who... Everyone's like, oh, Bruno Fernandes, don't be wrong, quality player. But Kane's beating him for goals and assists. And yeah. he's a striker. It's just it's just phenomenal, really, isn't it? Yeah, he had an amazing season. I couldn't believe it once he got all that. I noticed that at the end, though, he was really pushing for that golden boot because he knew we weren't getting any trophies. Mm. So he was just he was just He's going for his individual ones. <laughs> yeah, he, he don't blame yeah, him. especially especially with the way that uh, Ryan Mason was setting it up and it was fine. He was finding it hard to find Son, Son finding him. So he was just cracking shots from everywhere, just trying to. But I mean, that goal against Leicester to secure it because he beat Salah by one. What yeah. a goal. That swivel volley. Oh, not many players can do that. Not many players can do that. The technique on that is... I mean, it went under Schmeichel's legs. That's how fast it was going. I mean, yeah. Schmeichel's had a fantastic season for Leicester and even he got nowhere near it. He didn't know what was going on. So, <laughs> yeah, he got that. So that was our um, little season roundup. I enjoyed that. Um, we're going to briefly go on to uh, the manager speculation. Obviously, exciting times, fingers crossed, linked with Pochettino to return to Tottenham and obviously Antonio Conte is heavily linked as well now for me I would rather have Pochettino I don't know what you you think Andre I'll come to you in a minute but um, let me just say one thing about uh, Mr Levy I think it is embarrassing that we are replacing Pochettino technically we had Mourinho on an 18 month loan while Pochettino trialled out if PSG worked for him hasn't really worked out for him didn't we win the French League won the French Cup and the French Super Cup. 
But by PSG standards and how much better their squad is compared to everyone else, losing the league to Lille is a tiny bit embarrassing. Yes, of course, you know, let's not take credit away from Lille. They did fantastic to win the league. Good, decent number of points to win the league. But, I mean, PSG shouldn't really be losing many games in that league at all. And um, I wouldn't say it's the most successful tenure with PSG. Yes, he got two trophies, buzzing to see him win them, um, which, he, which he obviously didn't win at Tottenham. But... Um, I think it's time to come home, Poch. I really do. I think it's time to come home. I think Levy's realised that. He's obviously in talks with him. Um, you know, maybe by, even by the time this podcast goes out, we might have a new manager. I think it's going to be between Pochettino, Conte and Ten Hag. Um, I don't know who you'd prefer. Go on, Andre. I'll let you have a little little chat about who you want. I'm kind of, I, I'm not sure which of the three I would prefer. You even said you would want wingbacks. Conte is all about that, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. A Ten Hag, I mean, he bottled so hard that he, that we got to the final, you know? <laughs> so, Perfect for Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want that. I, but I mean, he, he's done very well with the Ajax, but like I said, yeah, bottler. I don't I would, know if you want that. For me, for me, I think cause I want Pochettino back because I, I absolutely love him and I think he deserves. You know, he's the best ever manager other than Bill Nicholson, and like he should have never got sacked. I, I think a lot of people would disagree that obviously our domestic league form was awful, like all the way back from before the Champions League final, but. To get to a Champions League final, right? Yes, we had a probably a better squad then when we do now. But I can't justify sacking a manager six months after a Champions League final. Yes, we lost. I just don't... What should have happened, I think, right? What I should think have Levy just pressed the panic button. Because I know that Klopp and Guardiola were having terrible seasons at the beginning. You know, mm. and then look where they ended up now. They're both in just, Champions League. Man City won the league. That's because they backed them. You know, they just kept them going, let them do their thing. With Poch, yeah, we were a little bit low, and then all of a sudden, Poch, pre- uh, sorry, um, Levy pressed the panic button. Poch gone. Yeah, the panic After, button. Yeah, that's true. But I think it was more to it than that because we'd spent a bit of money in that summer in 2019 on players like Ndombele and um, you know, Lacelso. It was like. It was like it didn't work, so it was like it didn't work straight away. But if he gave him no time for that to gel, I mean, the final, the final nail in the coffin was when I think it was we lost three 0 to Brighton away, and it was a terrible performance. It was the game that Lloris properly broke his elbow. Do you remember? Yeah. And that for me, I knew that was when he was going to go. I think he got sacked the week after, and I'm just, I'm just thinking about it now, like. Yes, he had he did invest that summer. There's no excuse about that. But A, did he get the players he really wanted? B, mm. how much control did Pochettino have over those transfers? And C, why did he not get time to then get to January and maybe like reassess and you know invest in what he wanted again? Because for me, yeah. it was like, you know, sack Pochettino. Mourinho was clearly lined up because it was a very quick annou- uh, announcement of him being sacked, and then a day later. Mourinho was appointed but for me it was such weird timing in November that year 2019 and we have gone backwards since let's be honest yes we had good spells under Mourinho but have we actually improved 
since that last season with Poch where we finished wherever in the league and got to the Champions League final. No, we haven't. We have not improved since then. Because, no. yes, like I said, we were top at one stage, but it's all, it's all very well and good being top at one stage. But where did we finish under Mourinho? We didn't, we didn't do well at all. No. And, no. and I just feel like if Pochettino is appointed... He has to have some real control over the transfers. A new director of football is needed. And we just need to really invest where is necessary in a new centre-back, potentially some new full-backs, potentially some new centre midfielders, and definitely a backup striker slash new striker if Kane leaves. And it's really important that happens because if we appoint Pochettino with no plan with our squad, we're going to just be in the same stages where where we were when he left, where we were just putting in bang average, terrible performances. You know, it's just yeah. going to happen again, isn't it? And it's really going to ruin his legacy from the first time if that happens. That's the only thing I'm worried about with Pochettino. With Conte, if he comes in, when we sign Conte as the manager, he will only sign that dotted line if he knows he's going to get the players he wants. That's what Conte is all about. You know, he yeah. went to Inter Milan. He got those players he wanted. And guess what? He won the league. Yep. So over Juventus, yes, they had a poor season, of course, but you know, Atalanta had a good season, and the other teams that challenged Inter Milan were way better than everyone because he had yep. that five at the back, like you said, or three at the back, however you want to see it. Mm-hmm. So for me, yeah, I would be happy with either. Yeah, I think that. Um, what is it? I think it all just comes down to Levy wanting, like being okay with moving players on. Mm. Not saying that he should move Kane on, mm. but a good example was the Ericsson one. Ericsson said, like he actually came out and said that he wanted to go. Why you would keep him when, when you know the player doesn't want to be there anymore, when he's on this last year, I, I just don't understand that because yeah, he wants money, but in the end, he only ended up getting 15 million for him. We could have gotten a lot more in the summer. And he was a passenger. He, the thing is that yeah. their thinking was we'll have world-class Ericsson for another season. He was a passenger. He did not want to be there. I, I remember going to a few nope. games and thinking he did not want to be there. Nope, nope. And he was just uh, he was playing very reserved because he didn't want to get injured so he can get a move. Um, and I also think that at the same time, if we had sold him, we could have used that money on players that we were linked to that summer that we were supposedly short on money for. Dybala, or Bruno Fernandez, those would have been perfect Ericsson replacements. Oh, don't, don't. Oh. Close to players, but at the end of the day, nowhere near them. That's yeah. We were linked with so many players that at that stage. Yeah. It's, it's Bruno really even dark. wanted to come. Like I'm pretty sure he actually didn't. He come out and say that he was excited to play for Spurs. Oh, uh, I'd not. I'm not too sure. I, if if I did know about that, that was erased from my memory quite quickly. <laughs> But uh, I, I know I remember, he was. Yeah. I know he was really was, linked. He was really linked. Yeah, he really wanted to play under Poch, and then Poch was excited to have him here. And I think he would Poch would still be in the job if he had gotten Bruno. Imagine Kane and Bruno and Son. That would be. But but you say that you say that. But if you think about our season this year, offensively we were fantastic at times, most yeah. of the time. Even if we had Bruno, we might have scored a few more goals. But guess what? Guess what's behind them. Well, yeah, but and that's where it needs to change. But I think if we we could have maybe made the Champions League and gotten more money to get defenders, you know, 
because I think that that was another thing that we didn't make Champions League, so all that Champions League money didn't come in. And I'm pretty sure that's something Levy even said when everyone was getting really up on him about the fact that he needs to spend money in the summer. And then that's that was his response. We didn't make any Champions League money. I would tried. argue. I would argue that I understand where where if he's if that's what he said then where he's going, but. You gotta remember, if you own a football club, you gotta invest money. Like it's not mm-hmm. a biz, it's not a business to make money. That's this is where owners go wrong nowadays. It's not about your profit and loss sheet. It's about silverware. It's about being successful as an owner and leading your club, or, or directing your club to to some kind of success. Like yeah, that's the money the goal. will come. The money will come when you when you spend it properly. Right? Exactly. Like exactly. Getting a Bruno in, making Champions League, then the next summer, okay, we need new defenders. Bring and one you've got in. a bit more money, exactly. So yeah, you the got thing is money. with this club is it's not going to go anywhere unless it makes some risks with transfers. And when I say risks, I mean making some considerable transfers worth 60, 70 million plus at centre-back so that you then have a better defensive record. And guess what? You'll be further up the league. That's it's how it works. And, and if they don't you know, invest heavily this summer i'll be very very not upset not just upset but just it's just it has to happen at some point with tottenham they have to invest because they can't just keep going because we're just gonna have a bang average season if we don't invest this if we lose harry kane genuinely we are we are a 10th 11th place club let's be honest yeah imagine we lost kane and son this year i doesn't even bear thinking about anyway (laughs) <laughs> I think that's going to wrap up the, the podcast yep. this week. It's been a good one, Andre. And thank you um, again for joining me today. Uh, I enjoyed going through the season review of such an average season, but it was good fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. No worries, guys. And if you are listening on um, Spotify or Apple Pods, make sure you check us out on YouTube now. Obviously, we're doing video podcasts, so um, make sure you come and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, and yeah, guys, just leave your feedback in the comments about you know what you think of Spurs this season, and, and also what you thought of um, you know the manager links and who you want to see Pochettino, Conte. Let us know. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks for lo- uh, watching and listening to the Spurs related podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. Bye bye.